Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, your boy Q, going to be checking in with Vinny Bonson. You're in a hot minute. Throughout the question to you on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. As training camp gets underway next week, who do you think needs to prove it the most? Got a couple quick answers from my guy Jason and uh, Marilyn. Said, uh, I understand the numbers in the running back room, but I feel like there's no way that Drake is not a part of the team, especially considering his receiving skills. And then he said, and by the way, before Abram got hurt, he was leading all DBs in the league in tackles. He got hurt like week 14 or 15. I believe he proved his value as a box safety last season. And I agree. I agree with that on Abram 100%. And that's why I said that, he needs to be put in the right position to succeed. And I think when he's put in that position, like you mentioned, he could be a really big asset to the team. If he's not put in that good position, he could be a liability. As far as Drake goes, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's seven, there's seven guys in the room. So if they decide that, hey, you know what? This guy can do you know, this at the same level, like a Brandon Bolden who can catch the ball as well. That's what he really does. He's got a two-year deal. Jacobs doesn't have a two-year deal. Bol- uh, uh, Drake doesn't have a two-year deal. Nobody that's a veteran has a two-year deal outside of Brandon Bolden. Everyone else is on the one-year deal, and then, of course, the rookies are on their rookie contracts. So they, they are, they're under contract beyond this year. So I don't know. I, I tend to believe what you're saying, that it makes sense for him to be on the roster. But if some point in training camp, somebody steps up and proves that they could play that role and be a lot cheaper, at the end of the day... It's still a business. So uh, definitely pr- keep sending those texts in at 69187, keyword R&R. Greg Beecham from the AP will join us in a hot minute. But before we do that, we want to go out to our guy, Vinny Bonsignor, who's on location. Vinny, what's going down? I'm doing great, you guys. Uh, I'm here at the Pub 30, uh, 365 at the Tuscany Suites and Casino. Um, lots of great food. And, uh, demand by the way, the wings. Uh, I sent you a picture. I don't know if it's gone through yet. But those wings were on point. So uh, that's definitely on the list uh, today. <laughs> I haven't gotten the picture yet, but I was thinking about going this past weekend with some friends. There you go. And uh, we're July 16th, by the way, is that all you, all the beer you can drink fest. Uh, it's from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Florentine Ballroom here at the Tuscany Suites uh, and Casino. So uh, if I'm you, Devon, I'm looking into that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because even there at Pub 365, they've got, like, so many beers. They're just numbered. I remember I asked the uh, bartenders, just like, hey, can I get the – I forget the name of it. She's like, which number is it? Because they just (laughs) got a number because it goes to the hundreds of the beers that they have there. Really? Yes. DeMond. Q, I thought I knew DeMond, but he's he's showing us a different side of him right now. I mean, this this whole thing with the beer uh, uh, knowledge of Pub 365, I'm very impressed, DeMond, very impressed. He does that every once in a while. He'll step up and impress us in some some kind of weird shape or form. Like you don't know what it's going to be, but he'll he'll step up and do something. I was There's there on no, 4th of July. That's when I was there. There you go. There you go. Nice. Well, Vinny, how long are you going to be there for, man? I'm going to be here till six, 7 o'clock or so. Oh, wow. Um, so fans are coming by. We've got a lot of giveaways. 
Um, obviously talking about the Raiders. Training camp, Q, starts. I'm, I'm going to assume that we're going to be talking next week at this time about a practice, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think I have a yep. feeling that that's when they're going to kick it off uh, on the 21st of, of next week, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Vinny, hold tight, man. We're going to check back in with you in a hot minute. we got to get into one of our training camp two-a-days. All right. Sounds good. All right, cool. cool. So Vinny's going to stand by. We'll check back in with him in a little bit. But uh, right now, let's get into another training camp two-a-day. It's time for another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. As your boy Q takes a look at every team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are doing Training Camp Two-A-Days around here on Raider Nation Radio 920, checking in with every team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule. And joining us now on the phone line to talk all things Rams is Greg Beecham from the AP. And Greg, before we get into it, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. What's the buzz and excitement level around with the fan base coming off of a Lombardi trophy? I mean, Raider Nation doesn't know about that, you know, for a very long time. So what's it like around the Rams knowing that they just won the Super Bowl? Well, the buzz is good because they've never really had much of a buzz before since they got back, you know, to L.A. from from St. Louis. It's been a long road to get his fan base built. But going around to, you know, sporting events throughout the country, as I do, and and particularly all around L.A., I cover pretty much every team. I see more Rams gear, more Rams love, more Rams talk going on in this city than I have in the previous, you know, five, six seasons combined. It's just nobody lo- nobody nobody doesn't like to talk about a winner. And nothing gets you on people's attention like like winning and having some cool, charismatic players. The Rams have all that, and they're starting to build that fan base in L.A. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's really working now. I can I can really see progress. I can see significant steps forward in that. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's always a big debate on, you know, who's the favorite teams in L.A. And for the longest, it was USC as far as college goes and football in general goes. Obviously, the Lakers are always going to be kings. But how does it go as far as football, you know, with the collegiate game and then the Rams, the Chargers being there? And, of course, the Raiders still having a strong uh, fan base there as well. Raiders might still be the most popular team in L.A., but the Rams are definitely closing the gap. That's for sure. Uh, you, you, like I said before, nothing, nothing attracts people like a winner. And the right. Rams having having five consecutive winning seasons, making the playoffs four times, winning the NFC West three times, making two Super Bowls, and winning one of them is is about as good a half decade as you can realistically expect to have. You know, they got Sean McVay in charge. They got a front office that takes risks and gets headlines. I mean, they got everything you need to to get attention in, in a city where there's no shortage of competition, like you said, and where the Dodgers and the, and the Lakers will always be king. But uh, it's, it's really, it, the progress is really happening. You can see it significantly going on. You can see it in ticket sales. You can see it in the, in the, like I said, the gear that you see people walking around in the talk that people have, it's getting there and it doesn't happen overnight. People, people in this world want, want in, immediate results, just like they wanted in Vegas. Right. But it's, it's, it's a thing that takes, that takes time and takes years. And unless you, have the maturity to understand that you're not going to get where they're going and, and they are taking the road that you have to take to get there in a city that was betrayed by them leaving i mean a city i mean they were in anaheim but it's right <laughs> it's a different it's, it's a different it's a different overall mentality but they are they are absolutely getting there i see every sign of it and the thing that will get them there is more winning, and they're pretty much in position to do that again this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, and that's what I always try to urge people uh, about the the Vegas fan base is like, hey, if they see winners, if they see the Raiders go out there and win more times than they're not, if they see some home games where they're winning, the fan base is going to continue to grow. That's what the Rams have been you know doing it. in L.A. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right on there with you uh, as far as that, yep. th- that fan base growing. I'm sure one of the biggest questions that you're asked when you talk about the Rams is, how in the world does the front office do what they do with getting all these high 
high high dollar guys under these big time contracts? <laughs> that, that is a that is a question we could take the entire segment for, and then some more seconds. <laughs> the short the short answer is they they know how to restructure and they know what's important, and they know also how to sign players who will play a lot for not much money in in complementary supporting roles. Yeah, I mean. All, all, everything they're doing is above, is above, you know, it, it, you can, you can understand it if you, if you see how they're, how they manage the salary cap and how the importance of what they put on, what they, what they put on. And also the, also, you know, I mean, another factor is the cold bloodedness with which they cut ties to certain players and make room. I mean, they've done that repeatedly over the years. All we see is the shiny new guy coming in, but what we don't, what we don't talk about as much, or that doesn't get as much attention is the way they'll let guys go without a second thought guys who have paid a, a large debt to the organization and sweated blood and tears. So Rob, Robert Woods was the most most yeah. recent example this offseason. They just cut him loose. See if can't go. You know, we think we think Allen Robinson will make us incrementally better. So we're gonna we're gonna get rid of you. Night. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sending that contract four months earlier that where you were said you were happy you'd be able a ram for life after you got that. So that was pretty cold blooded. But that that's one of the main factors that we don't talk about is, is how quickly they're willing to move on from things that don't fit their fit their scenario but they're they're in good position now uh the fact that andrew whitworth retired gave them some breathing room that they could use to uh both sign his replacement and sign some other players so they're not only in position right now they're in the position where you know at, at the trade deadline or even earlier we'll be looking at the round and saying okay what move is less need planning now what's he get, what's he going to do this time what what addition is he going to make to make this team even better because he's done it repeatedly over the last five years talking all things rams right now with greg beecham from the ap here on nsa roughness radio nation radio 920 we're doing the training camp two a days and one thing that i've always observed is the the rams obviously are willing to trade away their early picks to get who they want but they hit on the back end those lower le- level draft picks they hit on how critical is it for the depth of that team just in general to be able to hit on those lower those lower round draft picks Absolutely. That's a part of the scenario we were talking about earlier. They scout, they draft, and they, they develop players that will fill those roles that they need. I mean, they, they, have, not, they have not added a first-round pick since Jared Goff. And the fact that they have been able to maintain a competitive NFL organization is, is incredible. I mean, it's, it's really a remarkable job of roster building. But they've gone through, identified their needs, identified guys in the middle to late rounds that can fill those needs, if not forever, then for you know one or two years where they can play at a level where the Rams can compete. And they've gone out and got them repeatedly. They this year they didn't have a pick in the first or the second round. Right. And the first pick they made was was a right guard from Wisconsin. It was an offensive lineman from Wisconsin. Not the sexiest pick in the world, but they have a need at right guard because Austin Corbett went to the Carolina Panthers. And with Andrew Whitworth retiring, they're moving Joseph Nelgum over to take his spot at left tackle. So they needed a, a right guard, and they went out and got a guy who was very well regarded. And when you're drafting an offensive lineman in the third round, if you're doing a good job and you're getting the right guy, he can be a starter for you. Right. And they, they fully expect either him or one of the other guys that they drafted in previous couple of years in the late middle, late rounds to take that job at right guard this year. That's how they keep it going because that's how they can afford to pay the, the big salaries to the big stars and, and have, you know, the highest paid player on the and, and defensive history, that, that kind of thing is because they know how to fill in that roster with, with the gaps and, and the smaller players to, to get you to, to Sunday. And that's exactly what they need. And they've, they've done a really good job doing that. And when we do these training camp two a days, we look for a positive, we look for a negative, we look for one big question mark so uh i guess the positive is really easy what's the what's the biggest positive you see as the rams get ready for training camp this year uh they're the champions i mean they're <laughs> they're in great shape they, they, right. they've got they've got validation of everything they've been doing they they are the favorites you know to they, they are a contender to repeat i wouldn't go so far as to call them favorites i take that back because you there's just too many variables at this point mm-hmm. in the year you don't know what's going to happen i mean injuries are going to play a huge role for every team yep and the fact that they're coming back, but the fact that they're coming back with as many guys as they are from that team, they actually have, I, I feel like they have, I haven't done like a 
uh, name-for-name comparative analysis compared to last year. But I feel like they've got more of their solid, big contributors coming back this year than they did last year. They had more turnover last year in terms of, like, key roles and things. They lost a few guys this time, obviously. I mean, you're not going to ever bring anybody back, everybody back. And Vaughn Von went for the money in Buffalo. They had lost Andrew Whitworth to retirement. They traded Robert Woods. Lost Sony Michelle, no, lost the starting offensive lineman, lost Darius Williams, who p- barely left the field as the starting cornerback last year. So that's going to be an underrated loss that people need to talk about more. They lost Sebastian Joseph Day, who was a big run stopper on the on the defensive line, and mm-hmm. they lost a couple other guys who played quite a bit, including their longtime punter Johnny Hecker. But they, the, the Rams have earned the right at this point where you're like you're like okay, you lost all those things, but you've done so well at filling it in be- before that we we trust you know you, yeah. you you've earned the right to to we, we trust your plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They go out and get Bobby Wagner. They go out and get Allen Robinson. They go, they go out and reacquire Troy Hill. And you're like, okay, well, I see where they're going with this. And they think this guy is going to come up. They think Robert Rochelle is going to play a lot more in the defense. I think a couple other guys are going to step up in the secondary. And you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. And that, that's the biggest thing they've got going for them this year is they've earned the right to, to have this work. You know, they, right. they've shown that they can do it over and over again between Les and, and Sean. And so I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it goes. And when the season starts in September, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great story. Yeah. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They've earned that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think they've, they, they paid, they wrote that check. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We're talking with Greg Beecham from the AP here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. So what would be, I mean, you mentioned a lot of losses, but what would be a negative that uh, this team may have going into camp? They have to figure out all those plans. I mean, they've earned the right to to get it to get it right, but they also do have to get it right. They've got some big problems there, you know. They've got to figure out. They've got two new starters on the offensive line. Although Joseph Noteboom shouldn't really count as a new starter. He's he's been a, mm-hmm. a strong contributor for four years now. They've got to get they've got to get Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford on the same page, which is which is it's doable, but it's it's hard it's hard for anybody, and it's even harder because the Rams don't play their starters in the preseason. I mean, Sean McVay doesn't doesn't apply any any importance to the preseason. So that means the first time Stafford and Robinson will be on an actual football field together, it'll be against the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night football on opening night. Oof. So that's that's not nothing, you right. know. That's yeah. that's hard to do sometimes. And so they've got to replace, you know, they've got to they've got to bolster their defensive line rotation with Joseph Dagon. They've got to figure out who's going to play a ton of snaps in the secondary and be their primary cover guy across from Jalen Ramsey. Whether that's going to be Troy Hill, who's a veteran who's coming back to them. Whether it's going to be Robert Rochelle, one of their lower round draft picks from from two years ago, they got to figure all this stuff out. And there's there are places where it could be a problem. Their secondary was not as strong as as it was in 2020 when they won the Super Bowl last season. It took a step back, and they still won the Super Bowl. So can they keep it going? Can they take another? Could they take another step back and still succeed, or do they need to get better? Do they need, do they need to go out and get another cornerback because they didn't do it in the offseason? They've got a lot of questions to answer, and and it's and with the Rams, you're not going to answer a lot of them until they actually start playing games. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens in September. But there's a lot of there's a lot of areas where they could take a step back. No, I, I mean, I can see that. But again, as we mentioned earlier, you know, kind of give the Rams the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, they will get it figured out. You know, they, they have the, the people in place, the right people in places to make those calls. So let me ask you this, just kind of almost as a bonus question, as far as a player that we're not talking about right now that maybe you have your eye on saying, you know what, I'm going to pay attention to this guy in training camp. I think he could be somebody. Who would that be? I mentioned him a bit earlier, but Robert Rochelle is a defensive back who they picked up a couple years ago in the draft. It was not heralded, came from a small school, came from central Arkansas. And there is, there's every indication that he's going to be an important contributor to them this fall. They really like him. He's a fourth round draft pick, uh, was not scouted as, as a, as an elite talent, but he, when he did get to play last year, he looked really good and he showed a lot of ball awareness. He's six foot two. So he's big. Mm, He's, you know, he's a good sized cornerback. 
He's got some speed. He got injured last year at the end of the season. He broke his uh, sternum collarbone area. Oh. He got hit really high yeah. and missed 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 the the end of the season. If he had been playing, it it, it would have been a significant contribution. And then there's every reason to think he's going to step up. The fact that the Rams like him so much indicates to me that that he's really got something going on because you know, the, like we said before, they've earned the right. They've they've shown that they are astute judges of talent and who can help them. I won't be surprised at all if Rochelle ends up playing. A lot, uh, like I said, with the departure of with the departure of, of Darius Williams and the fact that they didn't have a steady, you know, real every down nickelback last year. They used different people and they really used guys who were, who were not at an elite NFL level. And if Robert Rochelle is healthy and is is the player that they think he is, I think people are going to know his name really quick. Similar to the way they learned Darius Williams' name three years ago when he emerged from nowhere to become an elite NFL starter who now has a has a big money free agent contract with Jacksonville. Greg, I want to take it back to the Super Bowl real quick. Odell Beckham Jr. was on his way to being the Super Bowl MVP and then he tore his ACL. Hated that for Odell. Uh, thought he had done some yeah. really good things with the Rams. In that game, he was just shining. Uh, what are the chances that Odell Beckham Jr. is a Ram in 2022? I think there's a good chance. I think we all have to wait and see, though, because it's clear that nobody's going to give him the deal he wants until they know what's going on with his health. He's not going to be ready at the start of the year. He's not going to be ready to play until at least midseason. But when he finally gets healthy and when he gets ready to go, I think there's every reason to think that the Rams will get a shot at him. I'm, I'm a little surprised he hasn't signed with them already because I would have thought for his for his career, the best thing to do would have been to sign a two-year contract at a reasonable rate, mm-hmm. get in with a team, particularly the Rams that he likes, and get in you know, with their medical people, with their whole staff, and get himself ready in the context of, of an NFL team. But he obviously has a different idea for his for his recovery and his development. That's fine. I mean, he's, he's also earned the right to, to do what he wants to do. But he's obviously still on extremely good terms with the Rams. He even crashed Sean McVay's wedding this summer. So you know, <laughs> yeah. you know Sean and, and he are tight. So he's still very good with his Rams teammates. He's good with Jalen. He's good with all the guys. And once he starts making his decision, I think unless somebody comes in and really blows him away with a big money offer at some point, I think he'll probably end up back with the Rams at the minimum on just like a end of the year, you know, prove it contract. There's also the chance that he won't be ready to contribute this year, which would be totally understandable with his history of knee injuries, which is really tough. But he he was such a good fit in the Rams. He was such a good fit mentally and and on the field, just in terms of like sublimating his whatever ego he does or doesn't have to the to the concept of the team. It worked out great. You can you can have different stories about that how he how he uh, acts like that, but whatever it was, it worked out great with the Rams. And I would I would be I would be really surprised if he didn't at least really strongly entertain a return to the Rams at, a, at an affordable rate for this year to see if they can do it all again because you know he's never had more fun playing than he did with the Rams last year, and the Rams clearly value his contributions and he was really becoming an increasingly important role. Uh, part of that offense as we went down the stretch. So I hope I hope he ends up back with the Rams because it's a great story. I always root for stories, yep. and that would be really cool. So uh, we'll see what happens. But there's also the chance that somebody looks at him and says, that's Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to give him some money that the Rams can't afford. So we'll see what happens, but I would love to see it happen. Yeah, I think the best place for him to end up is back with the Rams. I'm sure he would agree with that as well. But like you said, if yeah. someone just money whips them, then, hey, don't go get your money. I wouldn't blame anyone exactly. for going and I getting their money. never blame anybody for getting paid. Absolutely not. No, yeah. not at all. And, Greg, this has been great. Before I let you go, uh, we have Mountain West Media Days right around the corner. That's coming up next week. I know you cover USC and all the other teams that are going on in L.A. Uh, USC is headed to the Big Ten. Obviously, UCLA is headed to the Big Ten. What do you think the rest of the state for the Pac-12 is going to be? You know, like what what is next for the Pac-12? I don't think anybody knows what's next for the Pac-12, including the people who in the Pac-12 who got blindsided when SC and UCLA said, "Yeah, we'd rather play in the Upper Midwest than play on the West Coast." Right. I don't. I don't think anybody really knows. Just speaking from like you know from my own perspective as watching college sports for twenty years and knowing 
the markets and knowing what's going on. I think the Pac-12, if they end up staying in their current form and they don't form some sort of unholy alliance with the ACC or with one of these things that's being doc- talked about, I think it makes a ton of sense for them to try to try to add San Diego State and UNLV. I've mm-hmm. thought that for years. I've said that before this. I mean, two major markets, two impressive sports, you know, sports programs in in cities that deserve higher level of competition. I mean, I grew up, I grew up uh, just north of Vegas. I grew up going to to go into running Rebels games at the end of the Tark era. Oh, and nice. Vegas, Vegas is is a killer sports city. I mean, it's 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 a perfect place. And I've always thought UNLV football should be bigger than it is. And I think I think a move for those two schools would make a lot of sense for every market in there. Obviously, there's so many moving parts right now that you really don't have any idea what's going to happen. But all things staying equal for some reason, I think that would be great. And I'd love to see that. I would, too. I would, too. And I agree with you 100% when it comes to Las Vegas and the sports market. It's only growing and getting bigger. So yep. it's, it's a, it's exactly. a, it is a lot of fun. Well, Greg, this has been a lot of fun. I definitely appreciate you. You got anything coming out on the AP that I need to be on the lookout for? Uh, I'm going to write a story about the Angels losing a game later today, so you can check that out. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, man, anytime that the Angels go, come to town or go to any town, if you're a fan of baseball, you've got to go check out Otani in person. As you very well know, that's uh, that's fun to watch, and obviously Mike Trout is fantastic too, so there's that. <laughs> He's unmissable, absolutely. The other, th- the other 23 guys you can miss, but those two guys – enjoy right exactly well like i said greg i definitely enjoy the the time this afternoon with you i definitely appreciate you uh enjoy the game the best you can and we'll talk soon sounds great there he goes right there greg beecham from the ap talking all things rams talking a little usc some pac-12 action and also talking about those angels And i'll tell you the angels stink they're an awful team but man Shohei Otani is fun to watch. Mike Trout, obviously, has been fun to watch for a very long time. But uh, Otani's one of those guys that if he comes to your town, just go watch the game. Just go watch, especially if he's pitching. Then you get to see him pitch and bat. That's something that you just have to do, right? You just got to do it. I wish that that Vegas had a major league market because I would also be there just to see it. I'm sure attendance, uh, I'm sure like the away teams, they get excited. Oh, Otani's pitching? Like that's sure yeah. just the attendance is going right. up. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, like if the A's had a team here right now, he, that would be the reason to go, not because of their roster, Woo. not because of them, their roster. Jeez, I'd rather go see the Aviators because at least I know they're young and they're coming up. I don't want to see these guys that are AAA guys playing in the majors. And every time that a guy gets really good, it's like, oh, it's time to trade him. And I hate that. I don't want to get on this A soapbox again. But that's what it is. So if they were here. It's like you look at you look at the stars around the league and say, oh, Otani's coming to town? Cool. I'll go watch him. That might get me to the game on a Wednesday afternoon. But them? Come on. You can keep that. Go on and build that Howard's terminal, whatever you're going to do. But go on and build that thing, man. Yeah, go ahead and build it. See what kind of uh, you know fetal cats they can get in there and what kind of uh, whoever else they can get in there to fill the stadium. Because they ain't going to fill the stadium with fans, not with the product that they're putting out there. But it's going to be new. Yeah, I know. That's cool. Sounds good. 424 is the time. <laughs> Many thanks to Greg. Definitely appreciate him. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll check in with Vinny Bonsignor, see what he's got going on. We've got a lot to do and a little time to do it, but we're going to do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a lot to get to before the show gets wrapped up here on this Thursday. Remember, tomorrow morning, uh, the morning tailgate will be off. A little bit of R&R time. JT the Brick is off. So myself and Damon are going to hold things down from noon to four. 
I'm expecting Hondo Carpenter to be a part of the show as well. Probably have a couple hours with Hondo, maybe even four hours with Hondo. It's been a minute since he's been uh, rocking on the airwaves. So we were supposed to do a morning show on ESPN Las Vegas. But as I've mentioned earlier in the show, everything has been uh, moving parts as as different folks are having vacations, this, that, and the other, and getting prepared for training camp next week. So, um, you know, I've had a couple of people hit me up and say, hey, man, everyone deserves some time off. You're right. And so we're trying to get everyone some time off before the – before the uh, the grind, the grind absolutely happens. So uh, we're going to make sure that that happens. So just remember the morning tailgate will be off tomorrow morning. And uh, uh, myself and Damon and, and Hondo most likely will be holding it down from noon to, to about 4 o'clock tomorrow as we uh, close out the week and head into the weekend. So just kind of put that in your notes. Also on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, uh, the press box, they're off tomorrow. Uh, Cofield's on vacation. I mean, there's so many people on vacation. Tyler and Ed, they got to get their vacation in before Ed gets back to the grind of, well, we got Mountain West Media Days next week. Also have training camp next week. There's so much going on. I mean, this storm is going to hit us, and it's going to hit us like a ton of bricks. So it's one of those, like, you know, in, in training camp when when the guys are getting into shape, I hope everyone's getting into shape. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hope you're enjoying your time off, but I hope at the same time you're getting rested up because, man, when that grind hits, boom. It hits. So before we check in with Vinny Bonson, you're on Scott to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How's your hunk, Hey, man. How's everything? Uh, everything's good, brother. Wait, only you're working tomorrow? The rest of your crew is off tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. We, we're giving everybody a little bit of time, R&R time. Oh, I'm going to have less time, brother. My little my little grandson was born Monday. Yes. He finally got home today. I can see him be quite busy. Quite busy. I'm not even have time. You can keep one eye on the TV and one eye on the box score. So there you go. Um, enjoy though. Enjoy. Anyway, so, can, soak that up. You're going to enjoy that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess you got to put some things to rest. Well, not completely. You know. I'll still give you a call. You know, here and there. Right. You know, maybe discuss how to change diapers if I don't screw that up. <laughs> I don't know how to hey, so look. Don't. This is all you got to do. You got to make sure you cover up the pistol before before uh, the pistol sprays on you. If you know what I'm talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> it's so delicate. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you got your bottom. I don't have big hands, but the bigger they are, I, I, I would feel more comfortable holding my my grandson. Well, we'll just but cover it up with a diaper. You don't even gotta cover it up with your hand. Just cover it up with the diaper. I'm just talking about holding. He likes to be held. Oh he, yeah, he, yeah. He you're gonna spoil it already. Yeah, you're spoiling. Yeah, spoil. Well, I love, I love the the, the guests that you had before. All, all the I don't think the Rams will happen so easy. I think uh, the 49ers have gotten better. They kept their main guys. And, you know, they got Green Bay. I think it's going to be a good race in the AFC between the two L.A. teams. You know, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But, but I love when you talk about USC. I think USC is going to win it before they um, shuffle off to the, the Big Ten. So the Big Ten is going to be the Big 12. Right. Wasn't there a Big 12 already? You can't have two Big 12s, right? Right. They're going to end up turning into, like, the Big 16. <laughs> I think they're gonna have maybe Oregon and um, Oregon and Washington will follow them. Yeah, but it's gonna good. be a good. It's gonna be a lot of good uh, stuff having for the Western uh, Western teams in pro and college. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I know you got Vinny in the bullpen warming up. He's always got something to say. <laughs> yes, he does. Mitch, thank you for the call, my man. Enjoy your grandson time. It's going to be awesome. And and like I said, man, I, I learned I learned bad, man. I was trying because, look, I'm not a diaper-changing guy, right? I'm not very good at that. I like to start interacting with the babies when the babies were not really quite babies, right? I'm, like Mitch said, you know, the baby wants to be held. I didn't really want to do that while they were still fragile, right? I kind of just wanted to... I just let the let the baby kick it over there. Well, you know, it came time where I'm watching. I'm by I'm by myself. I'm watching the I'm watching the baby, right? And 
got to change the diaper. So my dumb self, I'm changing the diaper, and I look the other way. I'm not paying attention to the pistol, and all of a sudden my shirt's, like, getting warm. I'm like, what the hell is my shirt getting warm for? <laughs> the pistol sprayed on me, and that's when I learned. Like, I, I'm one of those guys that I'll learn after the first time. Like, you're going to get me once. You ain't going to get me twice. You know, get me once, hey, you know, shame on you. Get me twice, shame on me. So I didn't uh, I didn't fall for it twice. But, man, that first time, it was very uncomfortable. I was so angry, but so, like, it was it was funny at the same time. Like, ah, you got me. That's cool. Can't be mad at the baby. No, no. And you think in the baby's head somewhere, they're probably laughing at you anyway. But they're not going to tell you that. But you're like, oh, you got me. You, you know what I mean? So it's just, that's. That's what it is. I've got a younger brother. He's like, he's 19 years younger than me. Really? You know? Yeah. Damn. But uh, and my dad's still the same age as you, so I mean. So I the mean, pistol still works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember just one night of having to How watch. How do we go here on this conversation? <laughs> but just one night of having to watch my younger, me being 19 years old. Yeah. And just watching a baby of just, man, I hope that diaper stays clean because I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> if it needs to be changed. Call somebody. <laughs> hey, girl, can you come over and do this? Help me out with this? <laughs> That's hilarious. I know one guy who's very professional when it comes to changing diapers. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Vinny Bossignor, what's up, my man? <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're not a dad unless you got uh, squirted on. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we don't, you know what the thing is? As, as men, as dads, we don't even put two and two together like to, to even think that that might happen. Um, At so, all. Yeah, and I think we're giving away the secret. Like, we're, we shouldn't be doing this, Q, because let every dad learn on his own what that is all about. Because nobody, nobody gave me any advice that that, that was even a possibility, let, let alone to prepare for it. So, uh, But once you get got once, that's the last time that ever happens again. Right. Facts. It's only one time. <laughs> it's only one time. That's all it took for me to learn. And then I'm like, yep, yep, that, that ain't going to happen again. So exactly. there is that. Well, Vinny, what you got going on out there, man? Well, we are at Pub 365 at uh, the Tuscany Suites uh, and, and, uh, and, and Casino. Uh, great food, great atmosphere, great drinks, talking Raider football. Got a lot of giveaways. Uh, just getting ready for the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think everyone – I was just texting with somebody uh, in the building. Uh, let's just put it that way. And I think the exact thing that fans are anxious about and uh, excited about and, and want to see it out on the field – I think everyone in that building over in Henderson feels the same way. It's just, okay, what is this team all about? What do we have with the Raiders in 2022? Uh, they've done a lot of great work building this thing up, uh, getting it to where it is right now. It looks pretty darn good on paper, but it's time to take it from paper out on the grass, and that's coming right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm excited about it. Let me ask you this, Vinny, when it comes to training camp and, uh, you know, this is what we've been doing with our training camp two a days. We've been looking for positives. We've been looking for negatives, but we also been asking what the one big question is. I figure when it comes to the Raiders, the one big question is the offensive line, obviously. So taking that out of the equation, what is the big question that you want answered when, uh, when, when we're out there at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for training camp? Yeah, I mean, if we're taking the offensive line out of it, um, to me it's the secondary. I'm a little bit more bullish on uh, the cornerback room than maybe some uh, you know, fans are, and I understand where the apprehension lies. Um, you know, a lot of these guys can play. It's just that they haven't done it for the Raiders. You know, right. when you talk about yeah. Anthony Averett, mm -hmm. when you talk uh, about, um, you know, Rocky Asin, these are guys that the Raiders are really counting on. They, they've put together a pretty decent body of work in their previous stop, stops. It just hasn't happened with the Raiders. And then with Trayvon Mullen, um, the guy basically missed an entire year last year with the foot injury. So what Trayvon Mullen uh, 
is, is coming back? Is it the one that seemed to be building um, some momentum toward being a, a pretty darn good, solid uh, NFL quarterback? Uh, I, I think if the Raiders can get that guy back, um, they're going to be in pretty decent shape, and I, I like the depth at cornerback, but I got to see it, man. Right. I got to see it on the field. Yeah, I'm with you. And and when it comes to, you know, the depth, I, I that's I've been saying that a while that I don't think that it's quite there. And some people think that the Raiders do have depth and I, and I don't really see it. I think that they have good first line guys, maybe a couple second line guys, but I don't think that uh, they're fully there because they have missed on so many draft picks, but they have hit on some too, which are the young guys that are thriving. You know, the Nate Hobbs, the Max Crosby's, the Hunter Renfro's, you know, guys like that, the Trayvon Merrigs, you know, there's uh, Divine Diablos, those guys, but they're just not enough of them. So I think that the depth needs to still uh, continue to be built there with the Raiders. So let me ask you this. What about a guy that we're not talking about right now that you think we'll be talking about by the time training camp's over? That's a great question. Uh, my head was going to Amik Robertson um, when you were talking about the depth because I think he can really help mm-hmm. um, create some good depth. You know, because uh, we, we, we talk about the starters, we talk about what's right behind the starters, but beyond that, um, that's where I think the questions lie. But Amik Robertson um, can answer some of those questions. I don't know if he's going to put it together. Um, He's an easy guy to root for. You look at the college tape, and the dude can play. There's no question about that. Uh, Maybe um, in – now, now going into his third defensive system, let's think about that right, for a second. True. Yeah. A lot of these guys, Trayvon Mullen, Max, a lot of these guys, we forget that this is the third different defensive system that they're learning. Um, is this the one that's going to unlock Amik Robertson? And let's also remember, he is still a young player. Yeah. So um, going into your third year, uh, that's sometimes when guys start to turn the corner. Is he a guy that uh, fits that kind of profile? So uh, I'm not predicting that he will, but I'm not ruling it out either. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, Vinny. Good stuff. Well, hang tight, man. We're going to check in with you one more time before we wrap up the show. We're going to come back. We got some uh, Sandra Douglas Morgan uh, sound bites from JT The Brick Show. We're going to do a whole lot more. Oh, and you want to give us some tickets, Damon? Yes, Let's please. give us some tickets. What do we want to give tickets out to? You want to give a couple things at one time? What do you want to do? Well, let's just do it now. We're going to do a two-for-one special. You can be caller number nine and get the Battle for Vegas tickets. Okay. And if you don't win on those and you're caller number 10, you can get those Ultimate Ninja Warrior tickets as well. Boom! You heard the man. 702 365-9200. Hit us up. Call number 9 and number 10. You're going to get hooked up. That's how we do on this Thursday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The Judge. Lester Hayes joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We've been very active on today's show. I think the crazy weather has shifted now. I was talking about it was in Hendo. It was in Henderson. I feel like it's like outside now. <laughs> Just I'm hearing thunder. I'm hearing all kind of crazy stuff going on. So anywhere you're at out there in the streets, man, be careful out there because... Uh, yeah, you don't want to get caught up in, one, traffic, and two, bad weather. Those two combinations don't go along very well, especially out here. Especially out here. People really don't be knowing how to drive when that rain hits out here. Hey, man, look, you said it right when you said people really don't know how to drive. <laughs> period. <laughs> I, I'm still I, – I, what my biggest fear is, and I know I don't have much time to BS, but one of my biggest fears is getting rear-ended. And the reason why is because I'm the guy – so if you're behind me, 
and the light turns yellow and I'm pretty far away from the light, I'm going to stop. But when we get to the red light, I literally will stop and there'll be two, three cars that'll pass me through the red light. So if you're behind me and the light's yellow and I'm pretty far away from the intersection, trust and believe I'm stopping. I'm not trying to derail the show, Q, but that means speed up. No, it does I am, not. I am one of those cars that's passing Well, you. do not drive behind me then because I'm stopping because I'm trying to get there safely. I'm not trying to be that dude. Literally, I will get to a red light. I will stop and I will sit and I'll look to the right and there'll be two cars that'll pass me choom, choom, right through the red light while other cars who have green lights are coming the other way. Not a good recipe. So be careful out there, please. Even little Q, we were in the car the other day, and we were—I was taking him to the gym to go hoop, and I got to a red light. We stopped, and it was like choom, 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 three. And he goes, "Dang, three? And I was like, "Yeah, exactly, three. And the car behind you was like, "We both could have made I it." I know, yeah. The car behind me is like, "Damn it! What are you doing? Whose grandma's in front of me, man? The one that's trying to be safe. I'm trying, I'm trying to get where I need to go. That's my biggest fear—is getting rear-ended by someone who just thinks that, oh, this guy's from Vegas. He's going to drive right through it." Yeah, he's yeah. got the biggest plates. He knows. Yeah, that's why I should have kept my Texas plates. Would have would have been a lot cheaper too. Just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. Shout out to who was the, our winners, man? We've got Carlos. Okay, he's going to battle for Vegas. Nice. And we've got Janie. She's going. She's the first. Does she winner. have a gun? <laughs> Janie's got a gun. You don't know that song? No. Oh man, you new booty. She won the Ultimate Ninja Warrior ticket. <laughs> All right. Well, she knows what I'm talking about. Janie knows. You don't. Uh, you know what? What? I don't think so. Why? She's in my decade of age range. So. I bet you she knows. If she calls back, I bet you she'll tell you. I know that song. Everyone knows that oh, song. Oh, because it's her name. Well, somebody's probably made that, that joke That reference before. a thousand yeah, times. Okay, yeah, okay, never mind. Exactly. You are a new booty. Uh, Something, right. something interesting going on there? <laughs> yeah. Weather report? It's been one of those days. It's been one of those days. All kind of good stuff going on. Got a couple little sound bites I want you to hear from Sandra Douglas Morgan, who is, uh, you know, she's the president of the, the Raiders. She's been making her, her rounds as of late. It's been really good. So she joined the JT The Brick Show on yesterday and had a really good conversation. Obviously not going to play the whole thing. Not going to play all the sound bites from it because we have about, you know, 10 to 15 of them, whatever. DeMond did a really good job of breaking them up, but just thought it was good to hear from the president. So uh, this first sound bite is just how she's feeling or how she felt after her first press conference she had. You know, I'm honestly, I'm still on cloud nine. I don't even think I've processed it all yet. It has just been such an incredibly warm welcome. I mean, beyond my expectations um, from Raider Nation. And then I think my family's still in a bit of shock, too. It's really something that you can't plan for and know what you're going to expect until you go through it. But, um, you know, I'm still on cloud nine. And I uh, just really can't wait to really kind of dig in, meet more people within the organization, and just continue to, to move things forward. But, um yeah, it was just great to have my family there. Mark's been incredibly supportive um, and, you know, met, had a chance to meet my parents. Um, so it was just great. There you go. There's Sandra Douglas Morgan on the JT The Brick Show just talking about her feeling after her first press conference uh, that was there at Allegiant Stadium. You, you heard her talk about her family. So uh, another soundbite I wanted you to hear was about her upbringing, how it helped her in life, where she's at right now, and how her family really was really close to her a lot and how it helped her get where she's at right now. I'm just incredibly lucky and blessed, to be honest. You know, as a kid, I remember thinking, gosh, they never leave me alone. And, you know, growing up in, like, the 
late seventies, early eighties, you know, that was kind of the, the latchkey kind of, you know, uh, childhood that a lot of us had, but I never did because my mother was a keynote runner and worked in um, casinos. So she would work swing. My father worked day and somebody was always around. And at the time I thought, gosh, I wish I had more freedom. But now that I look back on it, I was probably good that I didn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, they always had very high expectations and just really um, reinforced hard work. And I think because of, you know, even their own backgrounds, just, you know, making sure that we realize the opportunities that we're given and that, you know, what our, what our parents or our prior generation worked so hard for us to get. And so I just want to continue to pay that forward, not just with my own family, my own children, but just any, any young person I come into contact with. Sandra Douglas Morgan right there on with JT The Brick. That was yesterday here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, just a couple more sound bites as we close out the show before we check in with uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who's out on location. Uh, of course, everyone wants to know, well, what is her vision, right? What is her vision? So here's Sandra Douglas Morgan talking about her vision for the company on an employee level. Right. And, you know, I've always had an open door policy in any position that I've been in. It's really important that people know that, the person, you know, whether it be even the owner, right? Mark has a very open door policy as well, that we see people as people. And we understand that, you know, people have great days. Some people don't, um, but people have major life changes, but they're all human at the end of the day. And we need to treat people that way. I'm obviously really aware of some of the, of the challenges that the organization has faced. I'm going to address them, you know, head on again with Mark's support. He said, if there's anything that needs to be addressed, let's go ahead and do it. Um, but it's really getting, I think, some stability. And it's not just about the turnover that you've seen in the front office. It's been our, our country, right, our state, our city, just the nature of things with the pandemic and people readjusting and their lives changing. And you see, you know, changes in um, just uh, not just unemployment rates, but people wanting to work from home and just having different lifestyle changes. So it's all, I think, a part of a transition that we've all gone through over the last three years. And I'm just really looking forward to um, having some stability, um, a clear vision, clear goals, clear direction. And I think that's really going, going to help um, continue to move the Raiders forward. Tell you right now, man, I, I listened to her talk and, and I listened to her talk when she had her introductory press conference there at Allegiant Stadium and, uh, you know, didn't ask any questions. I was one of the guys that just sat there and just listened. And sometimes that's the best interview is just sitting back and listen, you know, and, and she just you, you could tell she gets it. I think that's the best way to describe it is that. She gets it, right? She understands what the task at hand is. She understands what the challenges are. And she understands how profile this is. And she, if you look at her resume, and I've said this to anyone who will listen, you look at her resume, she's been there, done that with a lot of different entities that are challenges and that, you know, are high profile. And it, it takes, you know, a little bulldog type mentality to go and get it. Man, she seems like and sounds like the right person for the job. Yeah, the one thing my favorite answer of this is that second one that we played about her upbringing mm -hmm. is just that her mom, when she's talking about her job, working swing at a casino, for me as a as a local, as a Vegas resident, mm -hmm. that just felt like the, oh man, she's really a local. Right. That was just that that just yep. warms my heart a little bit. Like, ah oh, man, I'm happy that she does have that Vegas flair. So that was my favorite answer. Just her upbringing, just being so rooted in Vegas. You know, and I think that that Vegas flair that she has and the upbringing that she has and, you know, all the different, uh, you know, corporations that she's been a part of and worked for and, and you know, and negotiated with, I think that that's going to help so much, you know, as the Raiders are still getting used to this Las Vegas area and, you know, trying to, you know, plant their, 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 uh, their roots in the ground. She's going to help that. Right. I mean, look, 
We're not going to be in week four of the regular season and be like, man, what Sandra's got going on there as the president, man, she's killing it. Like, we're not going to see you that. You see that new partnership? Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're not, you know, that's not going to be something that we're going to start, you know, lead the show off with or something, you know. That, but, but at the same time, just feeling like that everything is in the right place is, is going to be good for the organization. It's not necessarily something that we're going to sit here and come and talk about because it's not really for us. But just knowing that the Raiders are, are in the, you know, going in the right direction and have someone leading the charge like her who's been able to do as much as she has in this area. You know, one of the things that stood out to me that Mark Davis told us right after the press conference was she negotiated with everyone that runs those buildings outside these windows, talking about all these casinos. So she's been in all those conversations. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine those conversations that she had to have with every one of these different casinos and, you know, part of the gaming uh, industry and everything and, and being the, the chairwoman of that? I could only imagine those kind of conversations and then overseeing 400 employees, 400, 400 in five different cities in Nevada. Doc, I couldn't oversee 40 employees. I really couldn't. Like, I give so much props to Natalie, our general manager. You know, she oversees this whole thing, and it's massive. She does a hell of a job. I couldn't imagine having to oversee and deal with as many personalities as, as they have to do. 400 is massive. Let's, uh, that's, so that was Sandra Douglas Morgan right there with JT the Brick. When you hear that music, you know we got about a minute left, so let's go ahead and check in with Vinny Bonsignor one time before we wrap up. Vinny, let us know where you're at one more time. We're over at the Pub 365 here at the Tuscany Suites and Casino. Uh, and reminder, Saturday, July 16th, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's the Silver State uh, the sixth annual Silver State uh, Brew Fest. All you can uh, drink beer, lots of food, uh, great music uh, here at the Tuscany Suites. Uh, so, so mark that date, July 16th, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, the sixth annual Silver State Brew Fest. There you go, Vinny Boston. You appreciate you, my man. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for checking in throughout the course of the show. Have fun. I know you're going to be hanging out there for a little bit longer. And of course, remember the morning tailgate is off tomorrow morning. But myself and Demond and Hondo will be here rocking with you about noon to. Tomorrow afternoon as we close out the week really strong. Appreciate you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.